from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Welcome Locked back, on Chiefs fans. Podcast. It's day two of draft week. We are getting ready from all aspects. We have a ton to cover. We have some guests coming up for you. Matt Derrick will be back with us. Dane Brugler of The Athletic will be back with us later in the week. Today, old friend Seth Kaiser and I go over his thoughts on the Orlando Brown trade. We're going to get into another scenario mock draft about what the Chiefs could do to try and spread out some of their draft picks and diversify the the hot zones, as Brett Veach calls them, where they might be selecting. But we have a couple things to go over about Orlando's himself. We're going to get into that here in a second. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you for listening. And I'm really surprised you're able to get Seth on. I mean, I, I know he's been doing all this tackle work. Oh, wait, doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so last week, we talked for about half an hour. Half was going to go on here. Half was going to go on RGR. Like we went, we got into some deep details, right? All out the window at this point. <laughs> but, you know, like we talked about yesterday, they might not necessarily be done. Um, getting a, a swing tackle in the future, I think, is probably a good thing. Getting somebody that can back up uh, Niang and Orlando Brown for the future, I think, is a good thing. Um, hopefully, this relegates Mike Remmers to being like an emergency tackle, and he could maybe even help out inside. Well, I know you're of the opinion that he doesn't need to be starting. I still think he did a good job. Uh, according to Peter, Peter King's article, he didn't allow a single sack in the regular season as the right tackle for the Chiefs last year. So uh, I do think that he played well. Uh, we're remembering the Super Bowl, and I get it. Uh, that was very rough to watch, but he is not the left tackle, and uh, I don't think that they're intending to play him there ever again. Yeah, I don't either. And that said, that's okay. Orlando Brown got to, to town today, um, came in and had some very straightforward and brutally honest comments. What did you take away from his appearance? Looks like he's going to have a lot of fun, and he looks like he's very excited to be in Kansas City. Uh, I did like his comment that Patrick Mahomes is not going to have to run around behind him, period. Uh, sounds pretty, you know, uh, one of those guys that is very set in his thought process that he is going to continue to get better. He says that he has not even reached his ceiling yet, and he intends to get better, and he's going to prove himself to Reed and, and Beach. I think that's a great sign as well. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and let's be honest, folks. If if he hasn't if he feels he hasn't reached his ceiling and he's willing to put in the work, I can certainly see him getting to that next level. And there's only two levels left. The next thing for him is to become an all pro and get that selection on his resume. And then if he continues to play at that level, he could eventually be a player on par with his father. Uh, a Hall of Fame career could be in the offing here. Nothing is out of the realm of expectation for him. It will be an adjustment. There are a couple of things that, uh, in fact, Seth and I will talk about them here um, coming up. Uh, I can't remember if it's here or, or on the other section, but it will be adaptation. Um, he didn't have to uh, kick slide as much. He didn't have to set vertically as much in Baltimore. You know, obviously, we all know about Patrick and his uh, drop back depth and that it does cause some issues for those tackles. This is something he'll have to adjust to, but he certainly has the experience. And so far, the production to prove that he can be pretty comfortable, even if he has to adjust himself a bit. Yeah, and I do think that it's going to be one of those things that Patrick Mahomes needs to improve as well. He cannot put his tackles in that position. Uh, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a team effort. And I think I think especially a player of this caliber coming into town, it's it's on him and the quarterback to get on the same page. He said it at one point, 
I have very high expectations of myself, quote unquote. I want to be able to develop and gain the trust from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I like that part. And I want to be the best. I'm not here yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get to work. I mean, that, that's saying all the right things. And if this were just some draft pick, I would, I would say let it roll off your back a little bit. But knowing that this comes from a Pro Bowl caliber player already, um, I, I find that incredible. Who watched what his dad did as well. Yeah. And that's that, that's a that's a clear uh, feather in his cap, so to speak. Although we're not even talking about it, the foxtail he wore into Arrowhead. Yeah, I, hey, everybody's got a lucky charm, right? Um, I, I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> I mean, it, long story short, you're right about his dad and having having the focus to say I want to play on the left, having his dad in his corner to do so, having that background, you have to think that this is likely a goal for him and his family to get him to the point where he can be considered a candidate for the Hall of Fame. So Kansas City reaps the benefits there. We have some fun stuff coming. We're going to get with Seth on the backside of this, and then we're going to go through my favorite scenario for how the Chiefs can move around and maximize what they have in picks 58 and 63. That's coming up next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. And we're going to welcome back old friend Seth Kaiser. You guys haven't heard him here on the pod in quite a while, but we did this the other day and then, you know, these things <laughs> happen and now we're back. Seth Kaiser, the athletic and the Substack over at Real Minnesota Chiefs fan. Check that out. How are you, bud? I am doing very, very well, man. Life is good. That was a that was quite the journey we had. We spent an hour chatting the other day, and then suddenly, boom, it vanished. Um, much like my ability to remember during that conversation that my site is the Chief of the North Substack. <laughs> right, it happens. You know, that's why I keep everything to acronyms. If I can remember RGR, I, beyond that, I'm not so sure. Absolutely. <laughs> that that's that's why I named my kids one, two, three, four, and five. I love that. folks i'll have the links for you in the description and i'll put our previous conversation about the offensive line over on rgr as you know background because we got to talk about that but i want to hear from you like i was pretty surprised i had said this was never going to happen what was your takeaway when you first heard it i was really surprised as well i the reason i figured it wouldn't happen is i mean the, the chiefs really have been you know the boogeyman for the ravens you know lamar jackson described them as their kryptonite um, and it's getting worse. Like every year they play, the games have been less competitive. It was really competitive in 18, not very competitive in 19, and then not really competitive at all in 2020. Yeah. Um, so that really surprised me that they were willing to do that. I know some people have said that maybe they view that. Well, maybe that's a denigration to Orlando Brown. Maybe the Ravens felt like there was a ceiling with him. I think it was really much more of a, I think he dug in on the left tackle issue. They've got a left tackle that they just paid a bunch of money. And so they knew that barring a miracle, this guy was going to walk after the upcoming season and they'd get at most a third round pick in return. Whereas doing it this way, you can get the equivalent of a late first round pick in terms of value or early second round pick, depending on what chart you use. So I think that's why they did it, but it's still, it was very surprising to me. 
Me too. Like, I still can't really wrap my head around. I would like try and try and try. Ronnie Stanley's nothing to sneeze at, but to have a, a tackle tandem like that is something you want to work on, right? But yep. that said, that's what their decision is. We'll, we'll get into more on that on RGR. But here, when you took a look, I, um, I assume you immediately said, pause. I'm going to go look at his film and stop yep. looking at prospect film. Yes. What did you find in um, how happy are you, I guess, is the best way. To absolutely. Put it. Absolutely. So there's actually a four game film review up on the Chief of the North newsletter right now. Um, I looked at his games against the Colts. The reason for the Colts, it was the first game where he was planned as the the full-time left tackle. Um, I, I think Stanley got hurt. And I think it was like week seven or week eight, something like that. And so he played half the game there. And then so the Colts was the first game he did that. And then I also looked at the Steelers game where he was there full-time, the, the Bengals game and the Cowboys game. And the reason was to give me a look at a variety of different pass rushers. Bud Dupree wins very differently from Justin Houston and Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, and then Carl Lawson, who, by the way, is the best of the bunch. That guy's a stud. Um, Really underrated player. I enjoyed watching him a lot. So it was a chance for me to get a good feel for his wins, losses, that sort of stuff. And I'm, I, I was pretty happy when the trade was made. I'm happier now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sky's really the limit with this kid. Um, I would put him, I know what everyone's going to want to know is like, you know, the, zoop, the short version um, of the takeaway that I'd give you. And there's a whole bunch. I mean, there's probably 3,000 words or so, about eight video clips um, breaking down what he does well. The biggest thing I would take away from is I think the Chiefs are going to manage to lose a Pro Bowl tackle and not take a step back in pass protection. And if anything, maybe take a small step forward if he plays the equivalent that he played in Baltimore. Keep in mind that he was 24. He is 24 right now. Mm -hmm. And so if he continues to improve like he has every year he's been in the league, you're going to see it go from equivalent or, or small step forward to perhaps something quite a bit more. And there's a lot to be excited about there. He's not even two years older than Tevin Jenkins, yeah. who is a draft pick a lot of people wanted, including me. I love that guy. So I'm really excited about it. They didn't have to really uh, sell the farm to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't like, you know, people compare it to like the Laramie Tunsil trade. It's not even close to that. No. Not even close. Um, they were able to get a second round pick back. Uh, that, that is kind of fun for them to play with this year. Gives them some flexibility. Overall, I'm really happy with it. I think he's a good player. Very different from Eric Fisher, though, in terms of how he wins. And for me, there's a couple of similarities and a couple of discrepancies. We'll talk some about that on RGR as well. But your thoughts from a a team standpoint, Mm -hmm. getting him in, do you have any problem with the I want to be a left tackle thing? I want to play where my dad played. And if it doesn't happen to me in Baltimore, good riddance. Like, are you do you have any concerns about that at all? Um, it doesn't seem like it really ended badly. I mean, the team thanked him and bid him a farewell in a in their post. Calius Campbell called him a beast, said he was a great teammate. It sounds like his teammates don't have anything but positive things to say about him. It sounds more like it wasn't like a bitter thing or 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 a diva thing. It was this is what I want to accomplish, and I would like to go somewhere I can accomplish this. Um, and and so I know my value. This is what I'm going to do. And he let them know right out of the gate. You know, he didn't wait until the final year of his deal. He didn't wait until right before the season started. He didn't really do it in a way that could have leveraged the team and put them in a bad spot. He kind of allowed them to play around with it a little bit and be able to make a trade, you know, the week before the draft. So I'm not too stressed about it, honestly. I think uh, everything I've heard about him is that he's a great teammate. 
And for me, it's more just going to be interesting to see how he fits in with the Chiefs scheme and what they ask their tackles to do. That's going to be the interesting part. And before, before we finish here for the pod, that said, looking forward, if he continues his progression, there are some things that he has to work on, not specifically right here, but in general, do you feel like, I, I think they swung for the fences with Williams. They're willing to pay 20 plus a year. I think he's eventually going to demand and earn that much money. Do you have concerns about that level of play for a guy who will be 25? And do you think it's going to be a long-term contract? Are you comfortable with that? I'm comfortable with a long-term contract. It's important to remember a couple things. Bringing in Brown is very different from a contract standpoint because he comes with one very, very cheap year and two years of easy team control and really a third year of doesn't quite kill you team control. And that's, of course, the franchise tag. Whereas Trent Williams had a stipulation that, that the 49ers weren't allowed to tag him. Mm-hmm. So his, his negotiations started from there. They started from the highest contract in, in, for any left tackle anywhere. If you look at the contracts that other left tackles are getting, they, this offseason, when it wasn't the, the top-tier absolute elite guy like Trent Williams, who they couldn't franchise tag, the money was a little bit different. So I'm guessing he won't get Trent Williams money unless he's willing to, you know, play out this year, be franchised a year, maybe be franchised another year and isn't willing to sign for anything else. I think then he could get Williams money. But at that point, Williams money won't really be Williams money because of what happens with the cap. So um, in terms of all that, it's a little bit different. And also he's 24. And so you can, the idea is it's less of a sure thing than Williams in terms of like an elite player but it's an ascending player rather than a guy who is who he is. And you're hopeful that he doesn't go downhill for another three years. Yeah. I I see it that way too. Williams money now is going to look pretty good in two seasons. So I'm going to take that and run. So folks make sure you check out the chief in the North Substack. That's where you can find Seth's work, the athletic where you can find him. And we're going to do a little bit different thing over on RGR to take a look at some of the traits. Thanks for joining today. Oh, thanks for having me, man. We have another draft scenario that we're going to have to go through with Chiefs trying to do something a little bit different with their remaining picks and turn them into others, we're going to do that coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by locked on and odyssey is happening now featuring analysis from nfl experts michael irvin brian baldinger and jason lock and our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their teams Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Chiefs fans, we want to offer you another option. 
before we get into all of our guests this week as we're in the run-up to the draft. And so yesterday you heard us do a mock draft of what we think may actually occur. Here's another idea, and it involves what I think is spreading out their draft picks a little bit more evenly, um, trying to hit what Brett Veach called multiple hot zones within the draft, with clusters of players where they think that they can get value. And so this is what we've done. We found a trade partner with the Washington football team, and we sent a trade that was accepted through one of the mock machines. And the gist is it moved the Chiefs up in the first and the fourth rounds and back in the third, or from the second to the third is more accurate. And so at the end of the day, what we have is the Chiefs picking at 51, up seven from where they were previously. And then coming back, uh, the Washington football team gets 58, that is. They also get 63. So for them, they get a, a little cluster there that they like. The Chiefs move from 63 back 19 spots to 82. So now they have a mid-round second and a mid-round third. And they moved up from 144 to 124. So a mid-round fourth. Now the gaps are not so huge in the the zones that they can go for. And as we come out of this post-trade, the Chiefs are on the clock here at 51. And we have some options that are very interesting. A lot of them revolve around another position, actually two positions of need, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And at 51, the way this has worked out, Landon Dickerson is still on the board. A lot of injury concern. I have actually have him as a third-round pick at this point because of the injury concern. The Chiefs might not agree. They might see a, a second-round value here. Creed Humphrey is available, another athletic center um, that can come in and can likely push Blythe right away. Then you have Ronnie Perkins, Gregory Rousseau, who I think this is actually right about the range for him, and Joseph Asai, a two, three edge guys that can actually probably rotate on the left-hand side across from Frank Clark and do some damage. And then they still have an option. If they want to go offense, they can go Diami Brown. They have Jabril Cox on the board here, knowing that they're not picking for a while. What for you screams out to be the value here? Honestly, for me, it's still center. I, I still think that they take that position and they run with it. and. This is my thought process with all of it is Kansas City has obviously gone into this draft process with wanting to improve their offensive line. If you put a stud center in this line, this line is set for the next several years. The only position that you would really probably have available is going to be right guard, and that's even questionable with Kyle Long returning. It's possible that he could play for a couple of seasons. So to me, center screams a huge possibility here with the way the board has fallen. Okay, I I can totally get with that. And of these two guys, Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, where do you land on risk versus reward? I go with the one that doesn't have the injury history. I don't think you can look at what they did last year and what they dealt with last year and think that they are going to be willing to invest a second-round pick on a guy that is coming off all the injuries Dickerson is, even though he could be a fantastic player. Let me throw a wild card at you, too. This would be a reach, at least according to this board with Quinn Miners ranked in the 60s, but he is available as well. Which of those three guys, who are the top three guys on my board, which is your favorite? I still like Creed Humphrey, but that's me. Okay. Well, for this scenario, we might as well give it a shot because he's there, and that's not going to happen further down. So 
With the 51st pick, after having traded up, the Chiefs do take Creed Humphrey, center from Oklahoma. We let this tick away, and we let this go down. The Chiefs' next pick is over here at 82. So, again, having about uh, a full round drop-off, and they're into what is easily like the third tier of the offensive players, I think. And what we find on the board here is Dwayne Eskridge, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, three wide receivers that you could see some fits for. I think one stands out to me there. There's a couple of coverage linebackers that I, I don't think offer enough against the run to really be pertinent here in Pete Werner and uh, Chess Rott. And then the guy that's really intriguing to me is Tyson Campbell. Um, not as good as we had hoped his senior year, has some issues at the catch point, but a corner that can walk in, former uh, teammate of DeAndre Baker, and could really, really fill out your young corner group. Imagine that you like in another bulldog. Right. All right. Which one of your wide receivers is the guy you like here? Uh, for me, I like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I think especially if you're going to need somebody who can get off the press and do some of the dirty work and get a few blocks in. Um, I, I, yeah, you're happy? <laughs> I'm not going to argue. <laughs> okay, sold. So Amon Ross St. Brown, USC wide receiver, is now a Kansas City Chief and joins that group. And I think that offers a little bit of a, a difference, a little bit of a rounding out the basketball team, so to speak. And now we wait for the Chiefs to come up with their next pick, which is down at 124 now, moving up from 144, getting into the mid-fourth. And I now, think that that's a, a sweet spot. If they if this plays out this way, then Kansas City is going to probably have to go defense, I would think, at 124. And so what we find is, again, another couple of edge rushers. This is down in the third and fourth tiers now. Cameron Sample, who had a good senior bowl, played at Tulane, um, didn't test as well as you would have liked given his his film. But I think you could see his progression. And Deo from Vanderbilt, a really, really good player, I think. But question mark, because of the injury so late in his career, um, I don't know that he can get on the field in week one. I'd be very interested in that. And then a guy that I actually think is is nearly a plug-and-play replacement for Dan Sorensen eventually is Jacoby Stevens. He is available here as well, all in this kind of range that isn't a reach and we're not going too far down. We could look at the linebacker group. Dylan Moses is a few picks away in terms of his ranking, but I think that's perfectly fine here. What stands out to you? I think you have to look at edge. Edge is the most important position on the defense outside of probably corner. Uh, so I would probably say that you would go edge. The only other option I see is probably going to be uh linebacker. I like Dylan Moses uh, because of where he's played, but I don't know that they're going to go that direction uh, at this point. Yeah, that's my thought as well. Um, we don't see a whole lot of other availability. There's some corners that are interesting, but I don't think anybody screams, hey, they have to take me for value right here. Um, the safety's interesting. I, yeah, I do have a soft spot for him, but I, I agree with you. I think um, the edge rushers here are probably closer to being on the field. I think the other thing is, yeah, and that's the key to me, is closer on the field. Jacoby Stevens, if he's a Dan Sorensen replacement, is a year and a half or maybe a year, maybe two seasons away from actually being able to play. I just can't see them going uh, at this point with a guy like that. Yeah. And so it comes down to Cameron Sample, um, not the athlete that you had hoped for, but has been productive, and he did pretty well against competition at the Senior Bowl. Deo, I don't know. It's just difficult. I like him on film at Vanderbilt. Um, I just don't know if I trust that injury, especially as a rookie. Cameron Sample, it is. Okay. And so in this particular mock, 
the Chiefs have been able to get a couple of things done. They still have a couple picks on the board as we wrap it up, and they're the usual suspects when they get down into the 175 and 180 range. So we'll call that there. We just wanted to give you an idea of what they could do uh, on day two and early day three to maybe spread their picks out a little. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.